where else would you rather be than right here, right now? For Bills fans. By Bills fans. Only Buffalo is going to win it. This is the Buffalo Bills Draft House Podcast with Brad the Bruiser Icorn and Alex Jones. CPR administered by the medical personnel on the field. It was feverish. Players, some were watching, some were turned away. Most were in shock. We saw players crying. It is just stunning. It looks like Sean McDermott, after talking to Zach Taylor, is going to pull his team the off the field. The game has been temporarily suspended. We're expecting to see the game of the season. Uh, and what we got was so terrible. But that doesn't really matter. All that really matters is uh, is Damar Hamlin and his family. And we just can't say it enough that we hope that he's okay. It's been uh, a long and difficult road for the last three days. Um, he has been uh, very sick and, and has made a, a fairly remarkable recovery and improvement. The news has been very encouraging as, as we all are up to date at this point. And uh, just extremely grateful. His teammates, he... You love hearing that response, that the first thing on his mind wasn't, you know, poor me. It was, how are my teammates doing? Did we win this game? Here's Brad the Bruiser Icorn. And welcome back for another edition of the Buffalo Bills Draft House Podcast. Brad the Bruiser Icorn along with Alex Jones here. And Alex, I know it was scary. For many of us, we tuned in Monday night to watch the Bills try to make another push here, add to their six-game win streak, and uh, try to get this buy locked up. But it changed from football to human life in the matter of our eyes uh, with DeMar Hamlin uh collapsing on the field, requiring uh, CPR, uh, a defibrillator to revive his heart, and saw him carried away in an ambulance. Scary moment there on Monday night, Alex. Uh, yeah, right, it was. It was one of those uh, moments that made you sort of come out of everything and realize how silly, um, you know, how, not silly, but how, um, trivial. A lot of the things that you get worked up as a sports fan are, um, and seeing the emotion on the players' faces and everything like that really it made you examine a lot of things. At least personally, I did about you know about the sport of football, about this fandom, about my enjoyment of it, whether. You know, as Demar Hamlin fought for his life, and everybody searched for information, um, it made it made me reflect at least on whether this is whether I should continue watching this sport, whether I should continue, you know, enjoying it and pursuing it as a professional career uh, in the front office and coaching side. Um, and it was just one of those moments where I think everybody sort of hugged their loved ones, and brought everybody in close. And, I mean, you had to marvel about the fact that since this happened Monday night, here we are taping this on a Thursday, Alex, 
And as of today, they say, you know, he's starting to get movement back in his lower extremities in his hands. Uh, he's not talking yet, but he's writing. And the first thing he asked was, did we win? <laughs> I mean, yeah. if that doesn't say and something the, about the, the character the of him. The only, <laughs> and the only, I mean, 100%, Brent. And the only reason he's not talking in the moment is he's still intubated with that um, breathing um, apparatus to help give yes. his lungs some relief. Yeah. Yeah, it's um, so not it's like he can't things. talk, that he, he's not able to physically talk because, like you said, there's an apparatus there helping him breathe right now. And, and I mean, Brad, there, it also kind of made you realize this is the first thing, time this has happened in um, professional sports, actually close to me at Binghamton uh, University. Uh, a Cornell lacrosse player died of wow. a similar thing, and that's actually a reason... That is the thing that spurred so many, um, so many, it made it a requirement to have an AD present because if an AD had been present when that happened, he would have survived. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, it does hit pretty near and dear and it's one of those things that unfortunately I do know about personally because it happened so close to where I live and where I grew up. Well, one thing I think we could agree on is that, Alex, you and I are not medical experts. Um, I did not go to medical school. Um, it's a wonder how I passed I, biology, I, I, biology I and chemistry in the one. community. I just played one on television. <laughs> right. Well, uh, we're going to take a quick break because on the other side, we're going to talk to an actual medical doctor here. Uh, Dr. Jeffrey Lassig, he is a neuroradiologist uh, based out of uh, the Twin Cities up there in St. Paul, Minnesota. Uh, so on the other side of a break, uh, we'll just get some some absolute advice from or uh, we'll, we'll get some information here from a medical doctor uh, who can, you know, kind of explain some of this a little bit more, put some of this in context, and, uh, you know, could tell us what it means going forward. That coming up on the other side of a quick break, you're listening to the Buffalo Bills Draft House Podcast. Hope you enjoyed your meal. And I just want to say, he's lucky to have a brother like you. Lucky? Caring for my brother is far from easy. But he's a part of me, like my arms and legs, so I'll be his. No time for tired. Nothing can disable this love. He needs me, but I'm the lucky one, even though I need help now and then. If you're caring for a loved one, visit aarp.org caregiving for care guides and community. Support for your strength. Brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. This is the Buffalo Bills Draft House Podcast with Brad the Bruiser Icorn and Alex Jones. Welcome back to the Buffalo Bills Draft House Podcast here as we continue to discuss the injury of DeMar Hamlin, something that we, uh, Bills Mafia, witnessed there on Monday night of those watching across the nation included Dr. Jeffrey Lassig. He's a neuroradiologist based out of St. Paul, Minnesota. Uh, Dr. Lassig, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks for having me, Brad. Happy to be here. So let me ask you, as a medical professional, what were your first thoughts when you kind of saw him stumble and then collapse on the field there on Monday night in Cincinnati. Yeah, so you know, um, obviously there's there's a couple things you're you're thinking about when somebody just collapses like that. The first, the first for sure is is a heart problem, um, and the, the second thing would be a, a brain injury, some sort of traumatic brain injury, or possibly a spinal cord injury. Those, you know, any of those three things. 
uh, could cause you to just to collapse. So I, you know, I, I wondered, was it, was it one of those three things? Now, hearing kind of more physicians kind of talk about what happened, and maybe you could speak to this further in detail here, but to my understanding, it was more or less the the uh, electricity of the body as it relates to the heart was thrown off with a hit just at the exact right time, right in the chest or right at the heart, which caused him going to uh, cardiac arrest and receive CPR on the field. Yeah, exactly. Obviously, we don't know, you know, without without seeing his medical records, we only know what we saw and and what, you know, the statements that his family are putting out along with the NFL. Uh, but it does sound like there's a consensus that he suffered uh, what's called what's known as commodio cordis. Um, which is just a Latin word for, uh, you know, commodios is sort of, uh, it's, you think of it like commotion, right? I mean, it's, it's disordered electricity, like you said. Um, and I am not, you know, full disclosure, I'm a neurointerventional surgeon, not a, not a cardiologist, but, um, but I do have a, I maintain a certification in advanced cardiac life support. Um, so, and I, I deal with cardiac arrest, uh, from time to time. So, you know, this is something that I have some familiarity with, but I'm not an expert, but, you know, essentially, um, it's a rare, it's a rare occurrence. It's something that, uh, the, you know, is not known definitively, but the, but the working hypothesis around commodity cortis is that this direct trauma to the chest, for some reason, causes disordered repolarization inside the the heart's electrical network in other words um you know for the heart to contract normally uh what we call systole uh you have to have a very kind of ordered synchronized uh electrical event a depolarization event that goes through the ventricle the heart the ventricle squeezes pushes out blood and then the whole thing repeats um but when you get this disordered repolarization and just this, you know, commotion, so to speak, electrical commotion, uh, the heart goes into what's known as ventricular fibrillation. Um, and that's where the, the ventricle, rather than contracting, it's just sort of, uh, it's almost like spasming. Um, and so you, you don't get any real blood flow. And, you know, you could see that on, you could see that with DeMar, that he kind of stood up and then he just collapsed um, because he just wasn't, you know, blood, was, blood wasn't pumping. Dr. Jeffrey Lassick joining us here. He is a neuroradiologist based out of St. Paul, Minnesota. Now, um, there's been a lot of praise for what the medical staff of how they reacted, how they got the defibrillator out there right away. Do you think the actions of this medical staff, just based in your opinion, uh, really helped save DeMar's life and get him where he is, you know, right now here on a Thursday where he's slowly starting to get consciousness back? Yeah, hundred percent, absolutely. I this is this is one of those scenarios where you know when you hear about, um, uh, obviously they had they had you know emergency medical personnel there, they had physicians on the sideline, uh, but even you know when you look in the literature, uh, this is actually something that can happen even at a at a t-ball game. It's happened at t-ball games with kids getting hit in the chest with a baseball. Um, and that's why these these uh, these AEDs, these automatic external defibrillators that you see places, that's why they're there because this is this is a scenario where you could really can save somebody's life with a defibrillator. Um, and so you know that's that's the key here is is trying to get that heart back fibrillating right away. 
uh, are back contracting right away. And if you can't, you can't make it contract, then you do CPR and, and you're trying to, um, with that, obviously save the end organs. You're trying to make sure the brain is okay. Um, you're trying to make sure the, the, the kidneys and the liver and the bowel are all okay and perfused. And clearly, uh, the actions on the field, uh, really did save his life. I, I, I heard just a few minutes ago, actually, that he uh, is he has sort of regained some consciousness and wrote a note to somebody saying, you know, did we win? So, you know, that, that obviously implies a, a, a great deal of, of uh, neurologic function that he is able to express himself. He's able to write, which is a coordinated action. All really gr- great signs. Now, for him to go ahead and get on the men, what do you have any idea, or can you speculate at least on what the healing process would look like? How long we for the healing process to take place here? Obviously, without seeing his chart, you know, it's a very open-ended question. Yeah, it it is a good question. I mean, I think that, like I said, it's a great sign that he is he is um, he's neurologically uh, intact enough to be able to. To write that down on a piece of paper is a great sign. Um, so it sounds like, you know, his brain really fared well through this whole thing. I think having said that, you know, it's a lot to, uh, to ask for uh, to somebody, you know, an NFL, uh, starting NFL uh, defensive back is a, is a, like a, you know, that is a very high level skilled position. Um, and to think that he would be back, you know, for the, for the season, I think is, I, 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 it would be a miracle. I mean, I, he's going to have to go through some, some rehabilitation, even just, um, coming, having been on a ventilator, uh, it, you know, we don't know what they did at the hospitals. In some of these cases, they will, they will put people into hypothermia. They'll cool them down, uh, to try to protect their brain. Um, and we don't know if they, if they did that or not. Uh, but you know, that would probably extend his recovery to some degree too. Um, you know, I think the other question is, uh, you know, what, what is, what else does he need in terms of his heart? Uh, and I, I don't know the answer to that, whether they would, you know, put an implantable defibrillator in him. You know, I think that's a question for, uh, for an electrophysiologist, uh, kind of a cardiologist who specializes in these things. But, um, I, you know, it is a, it is a, it's great to hear that he is, um, that he is, He's he's that with it that he he truly is neurologically intact. Doctor Jeffrey Lassig, our guest here, a neuroradiologist based out of St. Paul, Minnesota. So you talked a little bit about the road to recovery here. Maybe this is a better question for psychologists or a sports psychologist at this point. But uh, you talked about you know the possibility of being get back, get back out there and on the field. Um, would someone with this type of injury not have maybe the PTSD because of losing consciousness that maybe someone who was completely awake when, you know, tearing an ACL, when, you know, having Tommy, something that would require Tommy John surgery, that type of injury, is it different yeah. because of losing consciousness at this point? Yeah, it definitely is. It's, you know, you talk to people who have been through a, a, something like this, like a cardiac arrest or a major stroke. Uh, they really don't remember they, for the most part. It's not, you know, there isn't a lot of PTSD or trauma in their mind because they just don't remember. Um, so in that, in that sense, I think, you know, he, he'll, he'll be ready to go. I think, 
you know, I, I think the only question about him getting back is, is what's the risk of recurrence? What's the risk that this could happen again? Um, and, you know, there is a, some people are genetically predisposed to it. And I think if they decide that he is, uh, you know, he may not be able to play again. Um, but that, you know, I think, I think remains to be seen. Final question here for you, Dr. Lassig. Um, as we look to, you know, look forward here, not just with DeMar, but anyone else, like you said, this could be sustained in any type of sport with contact to the chest, T-ball, baseball, lacrosse, hockey, for example, here. Is there yep. anything preventative that can be done to prevent an episode or something like this from happening? You know, I when I looked in the uh, in the in the cardiac literature, uh, you know, there were some, there were some studies kind of involving chest protection and just kind of looking at how effective chest protection is. Um, it, it does seem to help some, but you know, in these cases where you've got really kind of high velocity, direct impact to the chest, um, there, there's not a lot that you can do to prevent it. Fortunately, it's rare. It's not a common thing. Obviously, you know, we've never seen this uh, in an NFL game. I've, you know, never heard of it in any sort of um, uh, uh, televised event that I can think of, sporting event. But um, so it's rare. Um, and I, I think part of the issue is that people just don't know a whole lot about it, about why some certain people are predisposed to it. Um, and people have looked into, you know, is there... It, is there something with the, the size or the shape of the ball? I mean, people have studied a lot of different uh, aspects of this and, and haven't really come up with an answer as to, as to what to do to prevent it. So unfortunately, I think it's, it's not, it's rare, but it's, but it's not very, very preventable for people who are, who are predisposed to it. Well, Dr. Lassick, I really want to thank you for your time, for your medical expertise on this. I know, like you said, you're not a cardiologist, but your own medical knowledge here, greatly appreciated to us and to our listeners. Hey, thanks for having me, Brad. Take care. And that was Dr. Jeffrey Lassig, a neuroradiologist based out of St. Paul, Minnesota. So we're going to take a quick break, and we'll come back with our thoughts on football, talking the Buffalo Bills-New England Patriot game on the other side of a break. This is the Buffalo Bills Draft House Podcast. I'm probably okay to have one more drink before I drive home. I'm probably okay. I open the window to stay alert. Probably okay. I just popped some gum in my mouth. Step out of the car, please. I probably made a mistake. Probably okay isn't okay when it comes to drinking and driving. If you see a warning sign, stop and call a cab, a car, or a friend. Buzzed driving is drunk driving. A message brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council. This is the Buffalo Bills Draft House Podcast with Brad the Bruiser Icorn and Alex Jones. Welcome back to the Buffalo Bills Draft House Podcast here. As uh, we continue our conversation here on DeMar Hamlin, you just heard from Dr. Jeffrey Lassig, a neuroradiologist based in St. Paul, Minnesota. Uh, as we continue, reminder, follow us across our platforms here at DH Buffalo at TW Callahan DHS at Bill's Bruiser. Uh, Alex, any other thoughts here on uh, DeMar Hamlin and everything that this team and this community and this network and NFL fans kind of embraced and shared together across the board? Hey, Brad, it's one of those things you got to be prepared. Uh, 
make sure that whenever you're going to youth sporting events, specifically your own kids, um, ADs are present, people with first aid training are present. Because here's the thing that's come out is one of the statements by the physicians today was effective CPR. And that is a true thing. A student um, about half a decade ago at a local high school, same thing happened, contact to the chest. There just so happened to be a family member right near them when it happened. Um, and they were able to do effective CPR. Effective CPR is an inch or two into the chest. It's very deep into the chest cavity, which is why it's such a violent thing and why they talked about damage to his lungs and why it's taken him so long to recover because effective CPR for as long as they had to do it is a violent, painful thing. So luckily he's making a turnover, but make sure that you have ADs present that they can help with these sort of things. Make sure you have people who know what they're doing present who can help with that sort of thing as well. Well said, Alex. All right, it's hard to believe that you know we have football to talk about, but the season continues. Here we go. As far as we know right now, I believe the NFL released that uh, the Bills Bengal game will be canceled. How that's going to affect things? Because uh, you know a lot of things are held up by this game. Uh, who gets the one seed? Will it be Kansas City at this point? Should they play in the AFC championship game? Should Kansas City and whomever make it at a neutral site? A lot of questions here around this because of the cancellation, but either way, Buffalo's back on the gridiron Sunday hosting New England here in Orchard Park, a 1 o'clock kickoff from Highmark Stadium. Yeah, Brett, I, I can't imagine. I'm going to be there, um, and I legitimately cannot imagine what it's going to be like there at the stadium. Um, I, like, I remember the playoff game last year and being like, how could this ever be better than this? I generally don't know if there's going to be a more charged atmosphere for a Bills game in history, maybe. Um, and, and I think it all comes down to DeMar Hamlin and how he's turned around, how it feels like, you know, he was able to unite a, nation that's sort of at each other's throats a lot of the time um and it's going to be exciting to see uh it, it'll it, it really will tell the tale of the season are the bills going to be traumatized from this and be shells of their former self where they're just not going to be able to get out there and perform or are the bills going to come out and destroy the world in honor of damar hamlin i personally think it's going to be on the latter rather than the former. I, I think the Bills are going to go out there and handle business and handedly show the Patriots the door when it comes to the playoffs. Yeah, and, and that's what I expect too. The way this team rallies, the way this culture has been built, that Sean McDermott has built this culture around caring, around caring for people. Uh, and that translates onto the football field, but it's not a, you know, when you say, you know, what's the culture here? Winning. I would call it winning. It's about caring. It's about having each other's backs. It's about a family culture. That's what they have established right here in Western New York. And because of that, they're going to rally around him that I'm with you, Alex. I would expect them to come out in this game. Guns a blazing. I, I do too, Brad. I think that, I mean, the first thing Sean McDermott did in his first training camp as a coach was have players share something about themselves. Yeah. And that's the tone he wanted to set. That's the tempo he wanted to set. You know, the first thing he took time out of his training camp, that is 
one of the most important times in team building and bonding and used it so that players could get better acquainted with their teammates. I, I just think I don't see how the Bills don't go out and handle business. Well, and you got to really appreciate, too, how Sean McDermott said, you know, I can't coach this game. I need to be there. I need to be with DeMar. I mean, that shows, you know, the values here that, you know, you win some games, you lose some games. This team is on the cusp or, you know, might win a Super Bowl this year, if not within the next couple of years. But that doesn't matter. What matters is people. 100%, Brad. I I could not have said that better myself. All right. There are people playing against the Buffalo Bills here, so I, I guess we should talk about the New England Patriots a little bit in this one. I mean, offensively, they're not even on the same level as this Buffalo Bills team. We saw it in, in Foxborough in early December, and I think that's still the case, especially a slide here that it took, uh, you know, beating, you know, third string quarterback in this one, Skylar Thompson, to go ahead and potentially put Miami close to the brink of extinction. And barely, Brad, barely beating, honestly, yeah. a rookie quarterback. Um, I, I agree. I, I think it's just one of those things, too, where it's like Belichick, it almost feels like he's lost his fastball a little bit. Um, you know, he has believed himself so long that it almost feels like he trusted himself too much by putting Matt Patricia in charge, by putting people who weren't trained in this in a position to succeed. And it's like, you know what? This might be finally coming back to bite the bull, like bite the Patriots and genuinely um, interested in if this leads to some sort of offseason change, if the Patriots really go out there and lay an egg on an offense. Yeah. Um, it's going to be, I would say, uh, electric. I would think the atmosphere in this one with this community rallying around uh, DeMar Hamlin. But, uh, you know, right now, just looking at this game itself here, I mean, even on the injury front for both squads, of course there's concerns in this one. Uh, but for the Patriots right now, um, you know, we saw Devontae Parker held out due to concussion. Uh, Brandon Schooler out with a hip. Uh, Jacoby Myers, uh, he was limited in practice with a shoulder injury. I mean, there's some important players here on this injury report for New England that, like, a guy like Jacoby Myers, who I believe was not in this last game against Buffalo as well here. I mean, these are some impact players that could make a difference in this game. That hurts going into this one if you're New England. Yeah, the injuries are really starting to pile up a little bit on New England side. While it feels like the Bills are almost excluding DeMar Hamlin getting a little healthier, um, it, it is a, a macabre side of it, but a whole week of rest for the Bills might have been the best thing possible. Obviously, you'd prefer it not under these circumstances, but it allowed these guys basically to take an entire game off their bodies um, where they weren't taking those hints, they weren't taking the punishment. And so it's kind of just one of those things where you're like, it's not how we would have preferred it, but you know what? We're going to make the best out of this. Uh, a lot of limited in practice today. Uh, Josh Allen, uh, Terrell Dotson, Taron Johnson, who we hope he was okay. He sustained a concussion earlier in that game on Monday. Uh, Dawson Knox has been limited. Uh, Cam Lewis, full participant. Matt Milano was limited. Jordan Phillips was limited. Uh, Roger Saffold out with veteran rest. 
Um, and then Jordan Poyer did not practice today. Uh, still veteran rest and still dealing with a nagging knee injury. Uh, yeah, I believe it was reported by him that he's been playing this whole year with a torn meniscus. Um, and so that, that, yeah, that adds a little bit to it that he's basically battling through it, uh, rather than get surgery. And a contract year. Look at him go. All right, Alex. Keys to the game here for the Buffalo Bills. Don't turn the ball over. You just got to be smart with it. Make sure you're making a smart play. Um, get out early and often against the Patriots. You, you got to score early and similar to we saw in the wild card game. Force them to open up force them to open up their throwing game earlier than they would prefer and just play aggressively on defense. Um, you know, you just got to get after the Patriots, uh, Mac Jones, especially if you can get him off his spot and feeling uncomfortable, that's going to be, uh, that leads to some turnovers, picks, fumbles, uh, everything good for the Bills. And, you know, it's nice to see that this ground game has really seemed to catch fire at the right time. Granted, you know, not the greatest sample size here in a, in a short, you know, not even a whole quarter against Cincinnati and then against a very young, inexperienced Chicago defense. But, you know, we saw, you know, DeMar Hamlin and Devin Singletary uh, combined for over 200. One yard shy in the Chicago game was the rookie out of Georgia. But, I mean, those two are catching fire. If Josh is on point here, this could be a scary offense in the postseason for a lot of NFL teams, especially on Sunday in this final week 18 regular season game for new england yeah i I completely agree brad it is it is a dangerous thing for new england to face if that run game can get activated with the offensive line also getting healthy with mitch morris and ryan bates back full well that's going to do it for this edition of the buffalo bills draft house podcast we'd like to thank our guests this week dr jeffrey lassig uh neuroradiologist based out of st paul minnesota uh Follow us across our social media platforms at TW Callahan DHS, at DHS Buffalo, at Bills Bruiser, on Facebook.com slash Buffalo Bills Draft House, and DraftHouseSports.com. For Alex Jones, I'm Brad the Bruiser Icorn. Go Bills. This has been the Buffalo Bills Draft House Podcast, an R Street Media production.